0: This is the story of the people, places, and organizations that make Katy, Texas a great place to live. You're listening to The Katy Podcast. Sometimes when people think about Katy, they think about growth and progress, wealth, and many mansions. But Katy has many sides. Today we're going to take you to the northeast side of town to a neighborhood called Sundown. It's an area that if you don't pass through it and you don't live there, you might not know about. And we're going to introduce you to a man named Jason Hall. Jason works in this community and is a part of a beautiful story being written there. It's a story of generosity, a story of community, and a story of transformation. I am so pleased to introduce you to Jason Hall today. Jason, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm doing good today. Good, man. Thanks
0: for hanging out with us. This is the Katie Podcast, dude. Brand new. Glad to have you. I'm excited. I'm honored to be here. It's, It's a
1: privilege. Awesome. So... Where is Sundown, and who lives there? So basically, Sundown is a community that is on the north side, and it's on France, you got Psalms, Fry, and West Green, that particular area.
0: Okay. And how how big is that area? I mean, are we talking several thousand people in subdivisions in Sundown?
1: Um, yeah, it's it's a real... Intricate community. It has a lot of people from all over the world. It's very transient. You have several thousand people that but predominantly Hispanic. It's about 63% Hispanic. Okay. About 18% African American. Okay. About 12% white.
0: And what are the schools we'd be familiar with that kind of serve that community?
1: So you got Sundown Elementary School, which is right in that location in the neighborhood. You also have Morton Ranch. High school is not too far. Okay. And you have um, Morton Ranch Elementary, of course. Okay. And there's a few more schools. There's Franz Elementary. All right. And Stevens Elementary. Okay. So you talked a little
0: bit about the demographic, and you've kind of oriented us geographically. But tell us about the people. You know them well. Who lives in Sundown?
1: Right. So good question. So basically, this is a low-income demographic of people that are from all over the world, they're traveling in, they're coming in, they're pursuing a dream. Yeah. You know, they want to live the American dream. Um, There's a lot of single mothers. Okay. There's even single fathers. Okay. There's people that are striving to make it.
0: Okay. And what do they do for a living? What are the the occupations of these folks?
1: So, there's a lot of people who work at the local um, restaurants. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are working minimum wage jobs. There's a lot of people, it's a lot of labor intensive jobs. Okay. As far as like cutting grass, different, more labor oriented environment.
0: Okay. So what was your introduction to this community? Because you're not from Katy. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How'd you get here?
1: Okay. So basically my story, a little bit about that. I'm actually from the area of Maryland on the East Coast. Okay. And so about several years ago, I've been in Katy only about three and a half years. But several years ago, I really felt a call and a tug to move to Katy, Texas. Okay, It's an interesting, making a long story short, um, over the course of years, I just felt this tugging to move to this area. But when, when it was time to move in 2015 of the summer, um, I was in a situation where I basically gave up everything, me and my wife and my children. Um, we gave up our jobs. We gave up um, everything that we knew. We gave up comfort, family. Yeah. And it was really a move of faith, to be honest with you, yeah. just to keep it very authentic. We didn't have anything to rely on in Katie. We didn't know anybody, wow. but just felt led to an area. Yeah. And interesting enough, the area when we moved here was similar to my upbringing. It was okay. a suburb type feel. And, and the people reminded me of myself, the children mm. there, the the, the mothers reminded me of my mother. And so it was an environment conducive to who I was.
0: Yeah. So you just said a lot that I want to dig a little bit deeper into. First of all, you're a man of faith. This yes. move was motivated by faith. You described it as a tug,
1: as a call. Tell me a little bit more about that. So me and my wife have been married about 13 years with five beautiful children. And before, about early on in our marriage, about the second year, um, I told my wife, I really felt in my heart that we were going to move to Texas one day. (laughs) And we had never planned. So she just kind of looked and like, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. You know, she didn't say much about it. But a couple years before, about 2013, it started to get really serious. God had really put it on my heart again. Like, okay, you're getting closer. It's Mm -hmm. about time to move to Texas. I have a plan for you there there's some opportunities there's things that I want to do in your life mm-hmm. there and so I like it And so this example my father-in-law at the time he he wasn't too happy when I said we're going to move to right. Texas Because my in-law, here. exactly yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah yeah my in-laws were 2 miles away yeah. from our home in Maryland so I described it like this I said I was in the military so I'm a former air force veteran, right. I Air Force veteran, served my country, and so excited about that. So what I did, um, I had a commander, and you know, in the military, there's assignments all over the world, mm-hmm. so when you're in basic training, which I was in boot camp, you make what's called a dream list, and mm-hmm. after the dream list, you release about 10 specific um, cities or bases that you want to be stationed, you desire. Okay. So I was lucky enough to get the third list, which was Virginia at the time. So I ended up in Virginia. But over a course of time, there was always opportunities to go to different places. And I told my father-in-law, which he didn't have the understanding why we wanted to move. And I said, I don't want to move. It's just when, when I was in the military, my commander decides where yeah. he needs specific people in specific areas, he or she, that is in charge understands the overall, they have the 10,000 foot view, and they can see where each person is best to be in the world, at each base, each assignment, each gift, talent, whatever job. And so, this is how I described it. I said, I feel like the commander, which is God, in my life, is telling me I need to go to Katy, Texas on a mission. Wow. And so, when I showed him that 10,000 foot view, he was like, wow, I didn't think of it like that. I said, yeah. I'm just listening to my commander, so it was it was God's assignment. It was God's purpose for me to be in Katy, Texas. Yeah, and I still don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm here because I'm operating obedience, and now I'm starting to see the reason why.
0: Yeah, man. I, even people maybe who don't come from you know a faith tradition mm-hmm. uh, like you do. There, there's so many people in our region who have moved here from something from somewhere else. That's you know, fair. they've given up a lot of comfort. They've left in-laws. They've pulled their kids out of things that were familiar and made the trek to Katy. So I know that a lot of listeners will uh, totally relate to that. But when you got here, having given up so much, what were those first couple years of adjustment like? I mean, Katy, Texas is a unique place, uh, sundown is a unique community
1: right. what uh, was your experience like in those early days after relocating so after relocating, you're so correct in saying this can relate to anybody whether you have faith in God or not whatever your belief system is it's starting all over yeah so yeah. when we got here, it was extremely hard it was extremely difficult got here and was like okay why am I here I was searching for purpose. Yeah. I was searching for identity. I didn't have any identity when I got here.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't know who I, I I I didn't really know who I was. But when I was pulled away from when I decided to go away from friends and family, now it became real like who mm-hmm. am I? Mm-hmm. And so now I was searching for identity and purpose, and what ended up happening is I ended up volunteering with an organization called Attack Poverty in the Sundown area. Okay. And this is what I felt. I said, if I can serve somebody else, the Lord really told me, said, do something outside of yourself you get no credit for, and that's where you will find why you're here. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: So zoom out a little bit. You mentioned attack poverty, and I want to drill down into your experience in the community of Sundown, but let's start with attack poverty. Who are they? Where are they? How'd you get to work with them?
1: So, yes, Attack Poverty is an organization that exists to help people attack poverty in their lives and communities. Okay. Um, Attack Poverty focuses on low-income communities or underserved communities. And they start what's called Friends Locations. So, these initiatives that are started, for example, Friends of Sundown is an Attack Poverty location. Okay. And so, what we do is we go in as friends and we build relationships, long-term relationships. Minimum 10 to 15-year commitments to communities. Wow. wow. So when did that when did that begin for you, the work in Sundown? So around 2016 is okay. when I came, and I just began, showed up as a volunteer. All right. And so I was serving children. They have an after-school program there. I was helping kids, color pictures, just having conversations. Yeah. And those kids reminded me of myself.
0: You've said that twice now. <laughs> that they reminded you of yourself when you were coming up in Maryland What did you see in them that resonated so much?
1: I saw a lack of knowing who they are. I saw a lack of direction. Hmm. I saw a, a lack of resource, a lack of opportunity, a lack of identity. I saw a lack of mentors. I saw a lack of having a father or a mother in a home that could lead them in the way that they should go or lead them in direction of, I saw a lack of them knowing what their gifts and their talents, I saw a lack of value that they saw themselves, they're valuable. And that's how the way I felt when I was that 10-year-old, 11-year-old kid. I didn't know what kind of value I held.
0: Yeah. So when you see that, that's obviously moving to you. It impacted your vocation and what you did with your time from then on. So boots on the ground, what does Friends of Sundown do in the community to help address some of those challenges that you just articulated that these kids and families face each day?
1: So the, what we do, the first thing that Friends of Sundown does is community listening, which means we go in and hear people's hearts. We hear mm. what people need. We do an assessment like that. We don't assume anything that they need, but we ask. Mm-hmm. And so we go in and we build those relationships. You say, we go to the schools, we go to the principals and the leadership and the teachers and say, what can we do to assist you and these children on this journey? Yeah. What can we do to assist our community? We found that Sundown Elementary was the hub of the community. Hmm. There's a lot of things coming out of there and resonating into the community that are from Sundown Elementary, interestingly enough. Wow,
0: so as you got involved with the schools that truly led to some other opportunities. So how do you interact today with your kids, with your families uh, through the schools or in addition to what's going on with their schools? What, what do you guys do? How do you build those relationships?
1: Right, so what we do is we have an after school program called You Can Academy. Oh, beautiful. And so we call it You Can because we believe every kid can. Yeah. They have the possibility. So we have about 40 students currently enrolled in the program. We help them with homework. We help them with the star testing. We help them with growth. We help them with identity, spiritually. And so we go in the school. We do those type of things. We have in-school support, which means there's a lot of um, parents that are working two or three jobs to try to take care of their children. But they don't have the time to help in the school so we come alongside teachers we assist in in in-school support which means we make copies we we cut out pictures for Hmm. them we make whatever they need for us to do we we just recently did a teacher appreciation we provided donuts coffee and and fruit and all sorts of things to show our teacher appreciation so we come in and we're not we're not trying to be the hero Hmm. but we try to be the hero maker
0: Man, I love that. I love that. I love what you said about taking a posture of listening. You know, I think so many people think they know what other people need. Right. But to approach a community with questions instead of solutions to make sure that you're addressing the things that they need the most, I really think that is clutch and a really great um, approach. You know, you mentioned being in the Air Force, um, seeing a lot of different parts of the world. What do you think it is that makes Katy unique? What have you seen that makes Katy such a unique place?
1: You know, Katy is so unique in my experiences here because it's a very family oriented city. Hmm. In in my view, it's a very collaborative city, very um, transient city, which means a lot of people are moving in and out Mm -hmm. from all over the world. Yep. But I I believe that Katie attracts some of the most generous, some of the most compassionate, nice people. Yeah. You know, I I really, I've been, like I said, I've been in the Air Force. I've traveled the world. I've lived in different places. My father's a a military veteran also. So I've lived all over the country. But this place is very unique. It's so special because although it's growing rapidly, I still feel like it's a hometown feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. And would you say that's true of Sundown in particular? Do you feel that kind of community within Sundown?
1: So Sundown is unique in a different way. They they do, they do desperately desire community. Yeah. So we're helping coming alongside them to facilitate that. We have events, garage sales. We have um, things during each, like we just had an Easter event, mm-hmm. Easter egg hunt, and all those things. Actually, Katie... The um, sundown area struggles in that area of mm-hmm. building community because they're so busy trying to yeah. make their way. Yeah. So they, I would say they struggle in that area, and that's what we're really trying to bring yeah. to help with.
0: You know, I, I guess I've never really thought about it like that. But in communities that are under-resourced, where parents are maybe working multiple jobs, the energy that they have isn't... That's not happening on a family bike ride. You know, no. that's, not, that's not taking the kids to... To Typhoon, Texas, or going to the movies on a Sunday together, or sitting down to have a nice meal every night, they're
1: spending all their energy surviving. That's right. That's so accurate. That's that's the heartbeat behind why I do what I do, because I felt like that was my mm-hmm. mother. That was my mother, which was a single mother. She was just trying to pay. She did the best she could, but it was like we were just struggling to make it, and that That, I feel like, is the goal for the Sun community. And so what we're trying to bring is some revitalization, some pride, some things that they can really invest, you know, to invest in them, to help them make it to be whoever, whatever they think they can be Mm -hmm. or whatever they're created to be or whatever their belief system is. They can make it. We're there to encourage them, to empower them. Um, It may be going back to school. It may be picking up a trade. Whatever they can do to invest in themselves. But the reason why we reach the children, I want to say, because we're trying to catch the children young. Mm-hmm. And so an after school program, we say, you can, you can do it. You can Academy, because we're going to try to come along and say the parent is, and invest in trust that you can do it. Yeah. You know, we're trying to speak kind of a, a prophetic utterance over their life and over the parents. So for the parents, we also have ESL programs. We also do financial literacy hmm. and things like that to help empower the parent.
0: Yeah. You know, what I'm hearing you say is, number one, it's holistic change. There, there right. There's a whole life being considered, spiritual needs, physical needs, educational yes. needs, emotional needs. It's also a generational change. Yes. This isn't going to happen overnight. You mentioned this is a long-term commitment for attack poverty to be in this neighborhood. Um, and that by targeting students, you hope to see that change happen over the course of years. So I guess one more thing I wanted to ask you in particular about your work with Sundown is, you know, you've mentioned the difficulties that they face as a community, but I mentioned at the top that most people, they haven't driven up Fry Road or taken a left on France or Psalms or any of those streets. They've probably never been to sundown they've probably never met families there what is something about the people that you've met in sundown that might surprise somebody that lives in Firethorn or old katie or cinco ranch what might they be surprised to see or learn about the people that you've come to know
1: i would definitely say they are extremely hard workers yeah they are extremely hard work they will get the job done. They want to serve, they want to um, help people. They have a great they have great hearts. yeah, you know, they're living in the survival mode of just being able to pay the bills. but if given the right opportunities, if, if being encouraged along the way, if they could see themselves in a different light, because sometimes we work extremely hard in areas that we're not effective in. Mm-hmm. And when we work extremely hard, we're not effective in, when we work so hard in that, we're we're thinking that we're getting something done, but we're not being effective. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on. I think there's a misplacement of some of the people in Sundown that they don't know who they are, and they're working so hard in an industry or a thing that they're really not gifted and crafted to do.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where they're missing. Some of them are missing it. Yeah. So... I've
0: appreciated uh, your honesty on this subject before, and obviously our listeners don't know this, but you're a black man living in Katy, Texas, and I just felt like I'd be remiss to not ask what that experience has
1: been like. What What's it like being a person of color in Katy? I appreciate that question so much because um, when I moved here, I didn't even know the demographic at all. Yeah, And so when I'm looking at it, although we live in the most one of the most diverse cities in in the whole country there's still where i live a high concentration of white uh-huh. and so although i live in the Cinco Ranch area which is 80 something percent white and african american is like very low like maybe 6% yeah um i feel challenged i feel i feel like there's a lack of cultural connection. I mm-hmm. struggle with that. I grew up, I lived in different contexts in the Washington, D.C. area, whether black neighborhoods, I've lived in white neighborhoods, in different, just different contexts. But I actually feel lack of connection culturally. Hmm. And what I mean by that is I, I struggle to find people that I can identify with fully, yeah. culturally yeah. speaking. And so although I can relate to different worlds, I can relate. I have a gift to really be able to speak It doesn't matter what um, culture or color you are. But at the end of the day, there is still a connection, a connectivity that people desire. And so where you're from, how you grew up. And so a lot of people know what they see on television or in the media. (laughs) But my challenge to to myself is coming in a community in a city going against the stereotypes and that Jason Hall is a man of character. Mm. He's a man of integrity. He's not perfect, but he's perfected in his faith. Mm. And so I believe that you can be perfected in what you believe and people see that as transparent. They see that as authentic. And although you're not perfect and you fall short in areas, I want people to see Jason Hall as a black man of integrity, as Mm. a black man that is not going to jail, that goes in the jail to to help inmates yeah. get out. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like an advocate for my own people. Yeah. And so I you know, in my in my view, it is a struggle. Yeah. You know, I feel like I have to work extra hard to maintain or obtain an image to help other young blacks see like it's possible. Not all black men are getting locked up. Not all black men are athletes, but you have black men that are educated, that you have black men that can create wealth. And you have black men that love white people yeah. and they love other people of color. And so I'm a man that loves all people.
0: Beautiful. Well, I, I know that to be true. My experiences with you have verified everything you just said and, and knowing lots of people that know you, um, I can vouch for all that. I think that's a, a beautiful um, approach and attitude to take and the way that it's informed your work and your career and your ministry Uh, is inspiring to me, and I hope that through this conversation, uh, others will be inspired as well. I wanted to ask you this question. It's a question I ask everybody that we have on the pod, and that is, how do you define Katie? I mean, just in a couple of words, from your vantage point, um, your background, your work, how do you define our community? What makes it special?
1: You know, I love... The the spirit of unity. Hmm. I would, if I described Katie in one word, it would be unity. Unity. And what I mean by that is, I feel like people are trying to come together and make Katie a better place. I really feel strongly in my city. I believe in the city. You know, I feel like, spiritually speaking, there's a lot of churches. There's a lot of, I've been embraced by a lot of different pastors and ministers and people of the faith. But also I've been embraced by different faiths as far as like Muslims and um, even atheists, you know, people mm-hmm. that don't believe in God. I feel like they're, we're trying to come together to make our city better. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a clean city. It's um, a very progressive city. I feel like it's really separated. And, you know, I, I think it's rare. You know, from the places I've been in the world and traveled the cities, I think Katie has a rare unified spirit.
0: I love that answer. Jason, thank you for what you're doing to unify our city and make our city better. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. The Katie Podcast is brought to you by The 25 Group a Katy-based nonprofit serving our community. Find out more at the25group.org and join with us as we seek to help those in need. Hey, thanks also to Chris Verner for his expertise with music and editing. And thanks to you for listening. Please spread the word, connect with us on our Facebook page, and subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Titus, and you've been listening to the story of Katy, Texas. This is the Katy Podcast.